0: Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another uh, losing episode of the Assembly Call today. As uh, our Indiana Hoosiers lost 61-50 to Rutgers in the uh, first game of the Big Ten tournament, a place where Indiana normally does not play very well, and uh, this this ball game uh, obviously will just be discussed as being frustrating. Um, for most of the first half, Indiana played really, uh, really well, both uh, on the offense and defensive ends. Probably better on the defensive end, jumping out to a 21-11 lead uh, with 7.46 left to go in the half. But as happened in the last Rutgers game, uh, Rutgers uh, caught fire and hit four straight threes and outscored Indiana uh, 20-11 to during a, a five-minute stretch and took a one-point lead into halftime. Uh, Indiana struggled a little bit to get started in the... Uh, Uh, second half, but then made a really big run and took a uh, 44-41 lead, fueled by their defense, a charge by Armand Franklin, a couple really nice hustle plays on on the fast break. And and Indiana was right there at at, uh, 49-48 with about five and a half, six minutes to go, maybe a little longer than that. And they didn't score. They didn't didn't score but one free throw uh, the rest of the way, which – Shooting has been an issue for your Indiana Hoosiers, and the final score of sixty-one to fifty—just not enough offense tonight, uh, as has been the case in many games this year for uh, the Indiana Hoosiers. I, I'm your host, Coach Tonsoni, uh, here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we'll break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. So let's start to show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And in a year of tough moments, it's 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 just really hard uh, when the games take the same narrative over and over uh, again to, to find something uh, to have, be as a banner moment. But I'm going to focus on, Uh, One play individually in the first half uh, that I thought, when when you have a team that's 12 and 14, they could have come in and and not fought. And I thought uh, Indiana played hard, they just didn't execute, and and they didn't perform well. Um, But nothing uh, stood out more than me than an inbound play that Trace Jackson Davis had two deflections on the baseline, forced the ball to be inbounded in the corner. Got a third deflection, or at least made the play difficult for a lob pass that was stolen by Rob Finnessy, which led to two points or a two point opportunity for indiana uh, that that to me was was good to see i coming into the game, I was worried about the the mental approach uh, w- with this team losing five in a row w- would they come out and compete and I thought that play was was a good play a secondary uh, good moment was that that eight zero run in the second half where uh, Indiana responded uh, to some to some tough times, to some runs by Rutgers by having a run of their own. Uh, it was just one of the last things that they did, and it was at the nine ten minute mark uh, at that time. So uh, that's our Banner Moment, uh, and it is uh, our Banner Moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fourth season of sponsoring the assembly call. Um, with the weather starting to warm up outside, you still need sweatshirts, and you still need some T-shirts as it gets even warmer. Spring's just around the corner, so you need to update your wardrobe With some comfy T-shirts and long-sleeve tees, maybe some sweatshirts, uh, you need to make your way over to their website, homefieldapparel.com. They have something unique for everyone, especially IU fans, and all of their apparel is printed on the softest, most comfortable, and most washable materials you'll find anywhere. One of a few suggestions, uh, the last item I purchased was, I purchased a North Carolina A&T T-shirt, so I'm kind of rooting for them to make the tournament so I can wear a T-shirt of a team in the tournament. Um, but they have a lot of new things come out. Texas Tech came out. Uh, Colorado uh, shirts come out, and they're, they're always putting out new product. And Remember, uh, like that, it's just not the IU gear. So they have apparel for more than 90 different colleges and universities, uh, and they're being added, as I said, all the time. Their designs are so unique, interesting, and vintage that you may end up, like myself, uh, buying way too many uh, and, and spending your budget um, on, on those designs. You can always save on your Home Field order by using the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout. It will give you 20% off your entire order throughout the year. So go to HomeFieldApparel.com, load up your shopping cart, and enter ASSEMBLY20 at checking to get, off 20%, to get 20% off. That's HomeFieldApparel.com okay, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And uh, Ryan, we'll send it to you first. Uh, What's your rant, buddy, on uh, this uh, sadly typical performance from the Indiana Hoosiers?
1: Yeah, I said at the beginning of the year, I wrote it on the big lead, that this was Archie Miller's prove-it season. Indiana finished 12-15. and So I tweeted this out, and I stick with it. I sincerely hope this was the last game of the Archie Miller era. Um, you can't score 50 points against Rutgers in a must-win game. You just can't. And you can say, you know, missed shots, whatever. Uh, but when something becomes a pattern, you can't blame the people on the court when it's a long-term pattern. And this has been four years of Indiana shooting like they did tonight. Uh, 12 of 16, or 2 of 16 from 3, 6 of 15 from the free-throw line. 6 of 15 from the free-throw line. And late in the game, you're down seven. Trace Jackson Davis has two. Misses them both. Then Jerome Hunter, still down seven, has two. Misses them both. Al Durham steps the line, makes two. Senior in his final game, good for Al. Then Rob Finnessy, your junior point guard who started for three years, gets fouled twice without Rutgers scoring, misses the front end both times. This has been a pattern for four years. This team can't shoot. It hasn't shot then, it doesn't shoot now. And Archie Miller has been in charge the entire time, and these guys have not become better shooters. And it's killed Indiana basketball. It has absolutely killed this program. They can't shoot, and Archie Miller hasn't done anything to fix it. They scored 18 points in the second half, didn't have a field goal in the last 10 minutes. How many times have we seen these collapses? How many times do we need to see these collapses before we know? I know it's expensive to get get rid of Archie Miller. I understand it. What's more expensive is the malaise that is set over the fan base of Indiana and, and just the fatalism that I, I don't think we can do another year of this. I really don't. And you know what? If you spend the money and you get the right guy, the money will come from people being excited and being back in the stands. Do we really expect full a full assembly hall next year? Do you expect the students to be excited on campus and pack in the rafters? No, you don't. Because people know what this is. I don't think Archie Miller's a bad guy. I don't think he does things dirty. I don't think he is is a dumb basketball mind. I really don't. None of those things. I just think this isn't a fit for whatever reason. And whatever's happening in Indiana is not going well. I, again, I can say to Archie Miller, if he leaves, Hey, you know what? You tried man, you know, and and good luck wherever you go. I will not root against you when you go somewhere else. I don't think he's a bad dude. It just doesn't work. Whatever is happening does not work in Indiana. He has not been able to import what he did at Dayton successfully to Indiana. Maybe that's no one's fault. And maybe it's just a poor fit and fit has everything to do with success in basketball. It really does. There's a lot there that you need to be able to be locked in. But to score 32 points in the first half and 18 in the second half against Rutgers, this wasn't Michigan or Wisconsin or somebody who who runs a system that's just hard to score against. This was Rutgers, who has now swept Indiana with three wins this year. When you are a program that you've had four years to build and you are demonstrably below Rutgers... There's a problem and you need change. And so whatever happens moving forward, I don't know who they're going to get. I don't know how they're going to pay for it. I I don't know, but this cannot continue because I don't think there's anybody I've spoken to who expects it to magically get better next year or magically have this roster. All of a sudden it's going to click. We've been waiting for that to happen for four years. It hasn't. And quite frankly, looking at it, this is his worst year and it was the year he needed to prove something. And It's the year he had the roster he wanted, all of his guys. And so I will say, I just, it's got to be over. If you're Scott Dolson, there's no way you could do another year of this, man. You just can't. We just watched. I mean, maybe he wins a couple games in the Big Ten tournament. You say, you know what, we'll import this transfer. We'll do this. But they walked out with a fan base, an overwhelming fan base, for the first time this year and laid a complete egg and just disappeared in the second half. Can't have it. It can't happen anymore. I'm done with it. Uh, Archie Miller, I get you tried. I get you tried to do something here. You failed. And, and I'm sorry that it didn't work out because I supported the hiring and I gave him plenty of time. And I think we all did, but it's time for something else at Indiana and it's time to move on.
0: And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna address something that I, I talked to you guys about. It's coming up in the in the chat mob. As a coach, a high school coach in Indiana, I'm not gonna actively and publicly say a coach should be fired. I would do the same for Notre Dame coach, Valpo, whatever. Um, it is a little bit of a fraternity. I will say this: If Scott Dolson decides to go another way, I can see why and I can understand why. If, if Scott Dolson decides uh, to stay another year, I think there are specific reasons, uh, maybe 10 million reasons, why uh, that happens. The the performance has not been good. And I will just say that. The offense hasn't been good. The defense hasn't been good. The roster management has been a struggle. So for those of you asking my opinion, this is not Indiana basketball and it needs to change. And the expectations – are high because it's Indiana basketball, and that doesn't go away. And And 12 and 15 uh, in year four is not a good look. Um, and, and I think Archie would probably be the one who would say it as well, that uh, things have, have not gone the way he had sketched them out. But So that, that's where I'm going to be on that, and I will address when that change is made or not made. Uh, address uh, the feelings on where the program goes. I think that's my role here. Um, and I hope people understand uh, where I'm coming from on that uh, as a coach here in, in Indiana. When I retire, uh, I think I'll, I'll be a little more free to do that. So I hope you respect that and, that commentary. And uh, coach, And, Coach,
1: I fully respect your decision not to talk. Coaches, you know, you don't talk about other coaches losing their jobs. I fully get it.
0: We'll pick up the slack for you. Well, I, 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 all right, man. I have no problem, but let's send it over to Andy. Your, your thoughts tonight, Andy, on um, Indiana's uh, final loss of the season. Um, I I don't really know where to start. I guess
2: I'll start here. I, I guess I I have a lot of the same feelings that Ryan does uh, about Archie, and I'm going to get to a series of or a, a, a moments of decisions that that I thought really turned the game or or took IU's chance away. I guess I'll start with. I, I struggle with these players getting booed out there when fans haven't been able to be there most of the season. And then the ones that do go end up booing these guys. I mean, nobody is more frustrated than, than they are that they're not playing well and doing that. And the weight of everything uh, is on them. And they went, they scored one out of the last 15 possessions. That's not good. We're all frustrated. And if you want to take that out on Archie and and but the players don't know that the booze aren't intended for them and and they I quite frankly I'm sure that some of the booze were intended for them. I just really struggle with that in a season when so few fans have actually gotten to go to games. These guys have given up a lot to play. You want to be mad about the coach? Be mad about the coach. You want to go say he should be fired? Go say he should be fired. I just thought the players deserve better than what they got toward the end of the game. Uh, as far as the game itself. Uh, i i just thought there was that stretch where they, they took Tjd out because he was i mean he was dying he played with a ton of energy i thought he really he really brought it um for a stretch and then they get the timeout they take him out there's a quick run of play and then another media timeout i didn't understand why you wouldn't put him back in at that point in the game but instead there's a lineup run out there that was uh, I wrote this down because I was so troubled by it. Uh, Al, initiating the offense, which we've talked about many times, is not playing to his strengths at all, especially against pressure from Jacob Young. Armand, Trey Galloway, Ray Thompson, Jordan Geronimo. You went from down one to down seven. To me, when the first three-pointer gets made, take a timeout. You have three timeouts at that point. Everything you have to do is get TJD back in the game. He's the only guy that's doing anything. So to, to run it through another couple of really, really stagnant possessions with guys who weren't comfortable with what they were running, again, that part is is coaching, and and they didn't look prepared to execute in that position, but you didn't have the right guys in there to execute and be able to get bucket a bucket at key times. And once that guy hit the second three, you took the timeout then. It was already done at that point. This team had lost
0: and there confidence was no and missed the free
2: throws. That was when the free throws began, and those just – compounded upon one another but to me that was just i just did not understand why you one if you don't want to put them back in after that media timeout that they were like almost back to back um those two timeouts if you don't want to do that at the first sign of anything going wrong you got to get them back in the game and and ride it out with them at least go down swinging with your um you know with your horse out there that that part i just really um i really struggled with
0: I will just – uh, sorry to interrupt you there. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Right before that, TJD was pulling on his jersey and just begged – he he said he needed a break. Miles Johnson went out and Geo Baker went out. And I think what Archie uh, was trying to do He's was to steal TJD minutes. and Rob Finnessy steal those minutes at that time. The key part of your point is take that timeout after that first three because you had to recognize that you had to get those guys back in. You you couldn't wait for a dead ball situation. I think the lack of a timeout is what I would be more concerned with. Um, I think he was riding those two guys did not come out at all hardly, um, and they were asking for some timeout and he tried to steal it there while they were, you know, in a tight ball game. And, and what happens is you make that decision and it didn't work out. It obviously failed, like a lot of the decisions that he made had failed. But there was some reasoning behind it, I think, at that time. Yeah. I, I The other thing is, and, and we can talk
2: about kind of things, you know, Lander doesn't play at all. Um, Leal didn't play at shoot. all.
1: Leal doesn't play, yeah.
2: Yeah, just, I just – I don't know. I mean, at some, some point, I, I just struggle with, with the the Lander piece. I thought Fennessey had some nice moments, but did struggle – I mean – the, the Jacob Young was like blood in the water out there when with Rob and Al and just I don't know try something different. It just I just struggled to not get let him get any run and see what it was because when IU really played well it was it was when they played with some pace and and got up and down the floor. I know Coach Marlowe was mentioning the same things on on Twitter when the offense had any flow at all and there weren't were plenty of times that wasn't the case. It was when they were trying to get up and on the floor a little bit, and then Rutgers took a timeout after that run. Everything really bogged down. They forced IU to execute in the half court at a slower pace. Rutgers slowed it down, and that, you know, Landers is a guy who's at least going to push the pace, and um, you know, maybe make some plays for others. Just, just felt like there were buttons to be pushed. But I mean, quite honestly, this was you know this had all the hallmarks of of every IU lost this season in terms of you know long stretches of poor shooting there was a stretch in the first half where they gave up 20 points in nine possessions where you just had a total collapse defensively missed free throws the whole the whole 9 yards i mean this was Started yeah, well and
1: couldn't make everything yeah. out. The everything minute that
2: was wrong or that went wrong this season was on full display in this game for sure, and
1: then collapsed yeah. down the stretch as they have all
0: year. You know, and, and all the all the nitpicking that we can do for me, it comes down to roster construction, and, and I think that I thought this team was a lot better at the beginning of the year. I know people in the chat will say this team was more talented than than what I'm giving it credit to, but um I, I think I, I just think that the misses in recruiting that uh, we were happy with because we got Indiana guys, but the guys we missed, the Curbellos, the Cartons, uh, the Garcias, are the types of uh, uh, players that might have, you know, uh, McKinley Wright, not being able to bring in McKinley Wright uh, because of the APR issue at the beginning. Those misses and those attempts not to do those things and then not going into the transfer market um, with two open scholarships um to me at ultimate all of these things these offensive deficiencies not having a good matchup to guard Ron Harper jr no one could stop him we couldn't stop the ball getting to the rim tonight uh, whatsoever um that it, it. some of it is it, it's just roster construction and it's hard to do things uh the, I think these kids are, are, are good kids and, and they play hard but they have some deficiencies and uh, they were never they were never improved upon um, but I think with a couple of other, better uh perimeters and players around him things might have been at least a little bit different this year. So for me it always goes back to the, to the roster construction pieces like you know Harper was having his way um you know um Hunter you know was trying but he couldn't guard him tonight. Um and yeah. it just There's was, just no good matchup. On there's the just game. no good matchup and, and who do you turn Race to? is too slow. Hunter yeah, is not good enough. the re- bench I mean... is not the bench is not ready to do that um a- as well. So for for me, um, you know, it was it, it is these guys are giving it everything they got, um, but it, it just it just wasn't enough to 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 make big shots and, and to get you know get things um, done. Uh, any other stories that uh, you, you want to talk about specifically from this game?
1: Uh, you know, to-
0: I, I think Trace came
1: out really fired up and gave it gave it everything he could. I mean, nineteen points, nine rebounds against one of the best defenders in the conference, especially the best post-defender in Johnson. And um,
2: and a guy he'd I mean, really struggled against. Really struggled against. Like, well.
1: it, Yeah, he had had, you know, there were a couple guys that he really struggled against. Kofi Coburn was one, and, and Johnson was the other. Miles Johnson, I should say. Um, and, and I just think that he came out fired. He wanted to win this game. And I've heard from a lot of people about Trace. He really loves IU. He loves Indiana. He, lo- like, he wants to represent. He wants to be a part of the team that turns things around and all that stuff. And he takes real pride in that. And I thought he came out and showed it. And I thought that really offensively, he's the only guy that really got going tonight. And, and, you know, Durham made a couple shots. Uh, Finnessy had, had a drive or two that were nice. Uh, but other than that, you didn't get much offensively from anybody. I think, I think Hunter had a really nice tip in at one point and he hit a three, but, you know, Franklin still, obviously, you could see on his jumper, he, he took 10 shots. You could see on his jumper, it was flat. He didn't have his C legs, and that's understandable after being out for a couple weeks and really not even practicing very much. Thompson really struggled and has struggled since he heard it. He got hit in the face. He, you know, with that mask, he's missing layups. He's, you know, not getting the right angles off the backboard when he turns around. Again, understandable. He's, you know, probably shouldn't be playing, and he is. Um, but trace really you know put the pedal to the floor especially early and you could tell how emotional he was and then he had a big dunk in the second half to give us the to give indiana the lead and and again looked like he was giving his all to the game whereas i felt other guys may have had that intensity early on but that faded i mean you could see it by the seven minute mark in the first half they weren't talking defensively they weren't engaged defensively they were getting driven on quickly because you know they weren't you know, guys weren't talking about the rotations and things like that. And where that was so present early on, I mean, Rutgers hit a couple shots early on, you know, sort of fallaways and stuff like that. And maybe had some stuff inside where, you know, you get you get caught up in the mix and the guy gets an easy dunk or something. But they were talking and they were engaged and that just faded. And that has, again, been a pattern this year that just they play well off the bat, which in other years under Archie Miller, the starts have been the problem and then they would close the first half well. This year the starts were fine, but it was closing that last seven minutes of the first half ish, so ten to five, the ten to five minute range they would just lose steam and usually go into the locker room behind or 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 at least in a much closer game they should have been, and then they tended to not finish well. But you just saw that tonight they really were intense off the jump, fueled a lot by Trace and and Rob made some nice passes early on to get Trace the ball and all that stuff, and then by about you know. Halfway through the first half, that just it was air coming out of a balloon, it felt like. And Rutgers made that tough run at the end of the first half. And that, that, that felt like I know they came back, but it felt like Rutgers figured something out. And it was like, we're going to pound, we're going to hammer this, and that's going to be it.
0: TJD was really into the game tonight. Really proud of his yes. efforts. I, I saw that on that def- that banner moment I talked about. There was another time when he closed. He tried to lunge for a steal in the short corner. and He missed it, but he spun back real quick and cut off a drive to the basket. That that's effort. Um, he the one time he got driven on the corner play, he actually was given effort. He just closed out too close to the shooter and had a wrong foot yeah. forward. He was actually trying too hard. He needed to make sure that he had the proper technique, uh, and he, he hustled himself out of the technique there, so I thought uh, this was one of TJD's better games, especially against uh, the the center from Rutgers, who he had trouble with, and I thought his moves were good, uh, and then you know it's just unfortunate he misses those free throws, and it's unfortunate he had a real nice post move up and under late and just hit off the the back of the rim that would have been a key basket as well and uh, it's it's hard for me when a kid does that night in and night out and he's had some moments where he I think he's dropped his head with the pressure and 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 having to carry everyone on his back for the whole season uh but tonight wasn't that case I I thought he was playing uh uh, as intense and as hard as he can and and was the bright spot uh for for tonight and the other thing Ryan that I, I think that you are spot on with is um This team lacks mental toughness, and that's why those runs happen. Um, And that's when things get going bad, they seem to lose their technique. Um, And and this is not an Archie Miller excuse. Yeah,
1: confidence is huge for this team. When confidence
0: is going well, they're locked in. When they're not, they fall apart. And that's part of the coach's job is to get them to work to a level to have demonstrated ability so they have confidence to overcome. And I thought tonight they handled – they took as many punches as they have taken. Usually it takes two or three punches and they're done. I mean, they took a punch in the first half. They took a punch in the second half. Even in that run in the first half, they were scoring twos while Rutgers was hitting threes, and it, they got outscored twenty to twelve. But they it wasn't a drought. Um, so I thought there were some things today that IU handled better when the adversity. But ultimately, at the ten minute mark, uh, once those two threes um, from the corner were hit um, on those penetration and kick to the corners, you could just see death by a thousand cuts, and and these kids just lost. Um, I don't think they lost the fight. I think they just lost the execution that will to be. But they're not mentally tough. So the point I want to make where I think you're right is the most shocking thing to me is that this program is not mentally tough because I thought four years ago that would be a staple of this program. I I thought it would be uh, two things. One, a little more up-tempo, and it didn't because of our heavy post player need. And the other thing is it just never – Never developed the toughness that I thought was going to bring by Archie, and that's ultimately going to be uh, the reason. You know, if he is if he is relieved of his job, that he wasn't able to get them to a toughness level, to make big shots, to get good stops, to guard the ball consistently. That, those are all mental toughness things, and you've got to try to do what you can. You either recruit it or you coach it, and 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 this team is absent of that, and and that that ultimately has to rest um, w- with a head coach. And sometimes you can try. Uh, And you fail as a coach, but ultimately it's you. I've had teams where I've tried to instill that, and the personalities just wouldn't let it seep in. But ultimately, the head coach is the head coach. Um, Get new players, then you know Uh, I can at the high school level, but um, it's really hard when um, to to give that to players. uh, But you need to, and and that 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 was missing uh, in this game uh, in in those segments. I think you're spot on on that.
2: It, yeah, it, it just was, and we we texted about this a little bit during the game, for a team that had come out and played well, and and I'm sure some of that is their own. Here we go again. Once things start to go poorly, but the wind comes out of the sails so fast, um, <laughs> and and it doesn't. It takes almost nothing for that confidence to go away with this team, and that's you know the mental toughness and stuff like that. It's not. It doesn't take a four minute stretch of bad basketball it i feel like it literally takes one minute of bad basketball and then it's just off the rails
0: yeah and 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 that's been a a losing formula and it's been four years of that and that's why people are frustrated so um coming up we're going to continue our breakdown of indiana's loss to Rutgers, 61 to 50 in the big 10 tournament we'll point out some meaningful moments you might have missed and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game you're listening to the assembly call stick with us
3: this is verdell jones what's better than an epic buzzer beater the full court dribble and perfectly placed pass to set it all up and of course celebrating with hoosier nation afterwards so join jared andy ryan and coach on the assembly call after every iu basketball game go hoosiers
0: you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm your host, Coach Tonsoni, here with uh, Andy and Ryan, and we're breaking down Indiana's loss to uh, Rutgers uh, tonight in the Big Ten Tournament. And Verdell, you know, we miss you, dude. I, I think you were you were a tough tough uh, player yourself, and um, mad respect. Uh, and I wish we were uh, celebrating, but um, meaningful moments. I think we talked about them. I had one. I had one in in the um, banner moment. I, I thought. Uh, we'll point this out for a positive. I thought uh, Geronimo's minutes early were very, very good. I thought he had his hands on a couple deflections and steals early in the first half. Uh, that led to Indiana's 21-11 to uh, 11 lead. He had two steals uh, in the second stretch, um, and I thought that he brought some energy. He struggled a little bit offensively, uh, missing some opportunities to take a 12-footer or 15-footer, and he he, he looked a little bit uncomfortable offensively. But I thought uh, he did a good job when he was uh, on some of the perimeter players for Rutgers. Uh, so I, I was really pleased with uh, Geronimo. And again, uh, hoping all these guys stick around uh, for four years. I think there's something to build on there with, with that young man. Your guys' thoughts of, of Geronimo's uh, brief brief time on the court tonight?
2: Yeah, I thought I thought he was. Uh, interesting from a defensive perspective we talked about not really having a good matchup for Harper i mean he's probably a couple years away from maybe being able to do that but i also maybe a year yeah it, given how other guys were doing it might have been worth a shot to roll the dice with him, him earlier i mean as ryan said you had you know, race i think is just a little bit too big a little too slow to guard a guy like that you can't put one of the guards on him because he's so much bigger and then he hunter I, I think just lacks attentiveness at times where he you know gave up those couple threes in the first half just didn't get out on him uh fast enough and so maybe it was an opportunity to play him, but I do think he's consistently brought energy as he's been there, and I think you see some of the decision making, like you said, coach. Instead of you know taking that little jumper, you know dribbles himself into some trouble and um, things like that. But I think effort wise, and and he picked things up as the year went along. It felt like in terms of understanding some of where positioning on defense and things like that. Whereas you know in high school, he's letting his athletic ability erase a lot of mistakes and can't really do that uh, do that here. But I think he does have a, a, a good future as a uh, as a rotational guy and um yeah like I said I, it would have been worth in, in the same way I'd say it would have been worth rolling the dice to put Lander and Lila in at some point <laughs> probably would have been worth rolling the dice to put him on on Harper or see if you can um get something out of him uh, in the in the second half as well
1: yeah at some point you got to trust a guy like that and just give you know he's played a full season. Give him a, give him a chance, and and I think he would have been the best option. I think that uh, they really struggled uh, finding a, a, a cover for Harper, and I agree with Andy. And we were talking about it in the in the in the text. It's like size wise, he fits the bill, and athletically, he fits the bill to be able to guard an inside out guy like that who's savvy. Problem is, is that he's not you know uh, he's not a veteran, and he and he might get suckered in on some stuff. But you cannot doubt Geronimo's effort. And enthusiasm and energy. I mean, you really can. And I think he's a guy who we always knew he needed to develop and coming in. And obviously the competition level in New Hampshire is not what it is elsewhere, but from an athleticism standpoint and and from what he can potentially do, that's a guy to be excited about. It really is, especially when you see him on the court and the enthusiasm he brings and the energy he brings. Uh, kind of the way, you know, race Thompson brings enthusiasm and energy when he's out there and it can affect a whole team. And we've seen that a lot this year. Saw it a lot last year with race, as far as drawing him. It's like, you know, you look at Trey gallery. I think Trey gallery really struggled the second half of the season. I think he really, really struggled, but you look at, again, some of the intangibles he brings, you get excited about that. Now he's got to rebuild his shot. He's got to work on his quickness, especially laterally on defense, and he's got to work on just his focus and all of those things. But you look at it and you say, okay, that's a guy you can build with and do some things with. And he's a guy with some size who you know mentally knows how to play defense and all that stuff and knows how to pass the ball, knows how to drive. You just got to get him to round out his game. Again, look at Leal. Leal is a guy who I think with some development can really help you lander can obviously really help you. So you have to feel good about this freshman class if they all stick around, they you know, there's building blocks, there's stuff to be excited about. Now do they fit in this system? Will they stay, you know, and and will they be developed properly in this system and all that? I that's the big question. But those four guys certainly at no point did you have to worry about their effort this year. At no point did you have to worry about their focus or their, you know, ability to bring it when they were on the floor. You just had to worry about, you know, were they going to make the right play? Were they going to do the smart thing like all freshmen? But I think that that's certainly that younger group you can look at and be like, all right, you know, these are some guys we can work with. And I'd say the same about, you know, Armand Franklin is a guy that we know we can work with moving forward. That's, that's some, that's a guy whose future you should be excited about once he gets healthy because until he got hurt, he'd been fantastic for Indiana. And so obviously got to keep him healthy, but But those younger guys, I mean, you look at Indiana and you say, all right, there's some future here if they're developed properly. And that's, again, been a big if under this regime is how much better are they going to get? And, you know, you look, and and the sad thing is, you look across the state of Purdue, Purdue's developing those young guys. You look at those young guys, they're all markedly better either as as sophomores or by the end of their freshman years. And so you've got, if Indiana's got to keep up with that, you know, just across the Big 10. Sophomores are getting real good. Are real good. These guys got to get real good.
0: Yeah, I think you um you brought up the next thing I wanted to talk about was Armand Franklin. That stretch where everyone got excited. Indiana was up forty four, forty one. Armand Franklin cuts off a drive which had been killing Indiana, getting to get the rim, takes a charge. Uh, it could have been a block, but we'll count it as a. It was called a charge, so it is a charge. Then goes down and makes a tough slashing play where he elevates over someone, scores you know ten foot jumper. Gets knocked down, turns to the bench, and there was a lot of energy. Armand Franklin was very valuable to this team. Um, And, and boy, not having him at 100% uh, was, was really a struggle in this game. When because, did he? When did he twist the ankle? Do we? It like, was in the last Rutgers that? game. He sat out the second well, the, half when he re-injured it. But it was. Yeah, like, I don't know. What was he, the first one? I
2: forget what the first time was. That's been a while. Because
0: he hasn't been the same since. And he's, no. you know, he's given. He's had moments
1: where he's played really well. There was one game where he hit a couple threes in a row and looked like old Armand. You know, he had one where he, I think it was Illinois where he had that really sweet layup late. Like I mean, the, you know, he's made plays, but it's just consistently you haven't had the same guy since the first ankle injury. And and that's sad because he was having a breakout year.
2: Yeah, and I thought yeah, that I showed again tonight. I don't remember when it was. Yeah, I mean, he played – they got 30 minutes out of him tonight. I don't think that had to be the plan. And they and were planning to have in. him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, All the same.
0: Any other moments you guys want to bring up uh, from tonight's game um, <laughs> that, that you thought uh, had an impact on the loss or part uh, of the he, reason? Well, I'll throw. I'll Go throw ahead. one
2: out. Yeah. Um, although I'm sure this will be met with derision uh, about how many free these free throws would have been missed. But I thought IU got a lot of fouls on Rutgers early in the first half and they didn't end up shooting very many free throws at all. And I, I think that really spoke to, they were more aggressive getting the ball into TJD. They were more aggressive driving to the basket. I think 10 of their first 15, 16 points came in the paint were really aggressive driving the ball, had some fouls and then seemed to go away from that or, or perhaps, and or maybe also Rutgers did some things to take that away, um, but I thought they missed some opportunities there to to potentially get some free points. I'm sure everybody in the chat saying, "Oh, they would have missed every one of them, and then we could have booed more." But you know, um, I think there's there's an element to that where there were other times in games this year when they would do that that their, if their identity is supposed to be, I want to get fouled and whatever. You got off to a good start going down that road, and then went away from it. Didn't get weren't aggressive enough to get to the line. So I thought that was. Not not really a moment, but a series of moments that that may have been able to stem the tide during that um, run that Rutgers went on in the you know middle of the first half, where the defense just really bottomed out.
1: Yeah, I got one too. Is with 5:32 uh, left, Mulcahy hit his second three in the corner to, to make it a seven point lead. Indiana takes a timeout. Out of the timeout, Al passes a ball at Trace's. I think it was Trace's ankles. It might have been a Race. I don't remember. Passes the ball at somebody's ankles. Turnover. Right out of the timeout, you get a turnover. And then Indiana actually stiffened up defensively towards the end, and and that'll go that'll get lost in this loss. They actually stiffened up defensively over the last you know seven minutes or so, or six minutes I would say, after the Mulcahy three, they they really stiffened up. And you know as I mentioned in the opener, with where is it mm, uh, Trace with 4:27 left gets two free throws, misses them both. They make a couple stops, and then. uh Uh, Hunter misses two free throws with a few minutes left, like uh, about a minute later, misses two free throws. That's four points. Could have cut the game to 55, 53 if you make them all. Now, maybe you make two of those. It's still 55, 50. And then Al makes two free throws with, you know, without them scoring. So that makes it 55, 52. You're closer. You had a chance though, if you made all those free throws to be within one point. And then Rob, they, they get a bucket, and then Rob misses two front ends. And it's just like free throws, man. They, they finished this year, as Ken Palm's updated, they finished the free throw percentage this year, 65, 66.5, which is 301st in the nation. I mean, in Indiana, you know, and, and I, I just can't. For a team that got to the line, I think, where did they link? They're eighth in the nation in getting to the line, but they shot 301st. I mean, that's a killer. It's just a killer, and it was a killer almost every game that they lost. They just didn't shoot free throws well, and that's a basic skill you can develop easily. And, you know, didn't do it. I mean, just didn't do it. And and it's, you know, you look back at the season, you say, if they could shoot, You know, four percent better from the free throw line. How many more games do they win? If they shoot two percent better from three point range, how many more games do they win? It's it, it really comes down to that, and and shooting in the end is what killed this team. They can't guard the drive, I know, but how many close games were they in where it came down to just making shots? And again, you can, you can say, well, the player's got to make open shots. I've, I've heard from a lot of people today about that player's got to make shots. Yeah. But when the pattern happens for four years, it means they're not getting developed as shooters and there's something wrong there. So you don't develop shooters for four years. This is what comes out of here's here, here's, yeah.
0: here's the thing where I, I will agree with you. And I know we go back and forth on the coach player thing, Ryan, and it's a beautiful thing. Is there a culture of development? It, it, it' I don't believe the coach has to be the one running the drills all the time. Agree. He has to Agreed inspire completely. the team and inspire the program to want to get in there and develop. I mean, um, Fran McCaffrey didn't develop Luca Garza. Luca Garza's no. dad developed Luca Garza, right? Agre- completely agree. But there might have been a culture where he really wanted to develop for Luca. A- and again, I appreciate all the young men who wear the Indiana uniform. Um, but there has to be a culture of development. So that's something that I'm wondering. Is there a culture of development? And and at times, I'll go back to, you can, as a coach, have it set up and wonder if the personalities aren't there. That's where we don't know on the outside end what is – what is that disconnect right now? While, while why there is not a development, some of it can be the players, a lot of it can be the coaches. Uh, but the bottom line is there isn't that development. You're absolutely 100 percent right on that. Um, I, I do think some of the free throws are the post players getting most of the fouls, and they're sure ones without the jumpers. Jumpers in that, but uh, still they can. But get, if your go whole system is based around. 70,
1: you yeah, know? if your whole if your whole system is based around getting those post players to the line, I mean that's essentially what they said they were going to do this year. Pound it inside, get to the free throw line. We got to train them to make the shots. And and you're right, it may not be the head coach sitting there working on shooting form. But maybe you set up drills. You have them watch videos. You do something to be like, these are the things you need to do. These are the habits you need to create if you want to make more and, you and need, go practice them and, and go work. you need
0: more guys in the program doing those things right than not. And that would be a question exactly. that I would ask if I were Scott Dolson right now. Um, you know, I'm telling you in our program, we don't have everyone show up for every workout. You know, we, we tell kids you got to put time in on your own, blah, 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 and they don't, and those kids don't play. Uh, but that's a little different but is there a culture that's the thing i would want to find out because tonight's shooting absolutely um i don't know other what other stats we can we're we're not even going to go to stats because we have a we have another special someone to uh who has popped in who would like to discuss uh tonight tonight's ball game so um joining us here is from assembly Jared. hall apparently he is outside yes. assembly hall where he uh, had a uh, group watch so thanks for uh joining us uh, Jared your thoughts on uh this final game of the Indiana basketball season. Reminiscing about your,
2: thank, times. Most importantly, thank you for uh, stepping in, so we didn't have to talk about the stats from this game. Which <laughs> yeah, we I appreciate it. We're just going to forego that segment entirely since you're it's here. Gone. So uh, that, that's why. That's you. why on I, wait, of all of us, I thank you.
4: Yeah, I thought you know I thought I'd play the Will Sheehy role tonight. You know, kind of step in as the sixth man, give a little juice here uh, later on. Like I don't know what you guys have covered. I can imagine what <laughs> what you've likely covered in the time that I missed. I want to start uh, first by just thanking Al Durham uh, for his time at Indiana. Um, You know, I think by any measure, a successful career for a guy like Al that was recruited where he was, that, you know, committed to one coach, came in and played for another coach, and as imperfect as he was, I really think maximized what he could be as a player at Indiana. Um, there are little bits and pieces of him on every court, every Big Ten arena from all the all the driving and falling that he did. But I thought Al always gave us a, a good, honest effort, um, made a lot of big shots for Indiana, and I'm disappointed that his career, you know, had to end like it did tonight. Um, so just want to say that. You know, look, I don't know – I think you guys probably just got done with the meaningful moments section. So I don't know if you already talked about what I was texting you about, but that stretch uh, in the second half where Indiana is either up one or down one coming out of the timeout. And you know Trace is on the bench. I think Trey Galloway and Jordan Geronimo were out there. Al is running point, which we've talked about, just doesn't work. And to me, I thought the game was over right there. They went on a 6-0 run, I think, and buried us and we could never come back. And it just seemed like a completely unforced error and an example of the coach not putting his players in a position to succeed. And so, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a make or miss game. You've got to make shots. You know, Trace Jackson Davis missed a layup, race Thompson, missed a layup, guys missed free throws. All of those things could have swung this game in a different direction. But at the end of the day, you know, what I saw tonight too often and what we've seen too often, I think over the last four years is just players not being put in a position to succeed. And I just, I don't understand at that juncture of the game why you do that and why that lineup is out there playing together. I just don't think that's a lineup that's going to be successful, especially against a team like Rutgers. And so I was just extremely disappointed uh, to see that, you know, and the the last thing I guess that I was thinking about as I, as I was putting my daughter to bed is, you know, we started with a horrid performance against Indiana state. Uh, and here we are four years later, you know, and obviously the the margin is a little bit closer. The opponent is a little, little bit better against Rutgers, but, you know, the the last 10 minutes of that game, it felt similar where you just felt powerless. It felt like the team was just powerless to do anything as the opponent was essentially doing whatever they wanted to do. And, you know, it's a powerless feeling as a fan. I'm sure it was a powerless feeling for the players, but, you know, kind of a fitting way for the season to end uh, with Indiana just going on a big drought, you know, actually playing well for stretches and then just completely losing all the ground that they had made up. You know this this game really was this Indiana season packed into forty minutes. Um, so a disappointing but fitting way for it to
1: end. so what's Teddy's record now as a fan it's uh, <laughs> It's not good. It's not good. He yeah. he came he
4: came into this world on the night that we lost the first Rutgers game a few weeks ago, and he has seen nothing but failure since then. So we're just we're gonna pretend. I'm gonna give him a, an Indiana basketball mulligan. Yeah, let's I give him a pass. Yeah, we're just gonna pretend because frankly, this is true. He wasn't due until like March 17th, so he came early. So this is really some bonus basketball for him, and we're not yeah. gonna count it because we're just gonna let him start fresh next season.
1: Yeah, so. I, I think that's I think that's fair. Give the young yeah. man another. <laughs> Uh, yeah let's back him off yeah yes
0: well are there any statistics that any of us would like to talk about besides the horrendous um the the horrendous shooting again um i I mean it's just it just 12% from three-point line and 40% from the free throw uh line is just um a struggle uh Andy you had tweeted out earlier that there there was some good uh passing going on against assist on on baskets um you know again it is it is the story of the year um, where Indiana plays hard. Uh, they have really good stretches, uh, but they don't have a great enough stretches to put the game away or be comfortable. Uh, and then, you know, the same things, missed shots, turnovers, rebounding have been the bugaboo. And, and you just – if you say it's a problem in game one and it's a problem in game 28 um, – that's a problem, a problem in and of itself. You know, <laughs> yeah, that it, coach it, I got never got fixed.
1: I got two stats. One, there were ten of twenty-one on layups. You know, they really struggled around the rim again. And I get it. Rutgers has a lot of length and is really athletic. And Indiana struggled again uh, around the rim against them all year. But ten of twenty-one on layups is rough, especially when. You know, Rutgers wouldn't do anything special defensively. This was not their best defensive game against Indiana as far as their activity level and stuff. The other two games, they were much more active defensively. And then I would say 0.833 points per possession. That's all you need to know.
0: Yeah, you're not going to win games that way.
2: Coach I respect your commitment to the out, following the outline of the show and going back to stats even when I made it clear that I didn't want to. But I you know, uh, the other thing you talked about the assist number. I mean, I ends up with 14 assists. Finney had half of those, had 7. You know, 14 assists on 21 makes. The 21 makes isn't very good. I think it speaks a little bit to when they really were able to move the ball and, and a lot of those came in in faster paced situations where they got the ball moving and and created some good shots and you know, they only turn the ball over nine times. I know that's been, and I've kind of been against that. Obviously, you don't want to turn the ball over 20 times a game, but I think this insistence from Archie that limiting turnovers somehow is the key to unlocking this offense has been debunked uh, on more than one occasion and was tonight when you only turn the ball over nine times against, you know, the, the pressure that Jacob Young, who, um, who definitely fits the bill of Guy that you probably really like on your team, but absolutely cannot stand when you're playing, against, when your team is playing against him. Um, but you know he, they they were not afraid at all and had success getting into fantasy and Durham when he was initiating the offense in the first game uh, and in this game as well. And, and those things really you know came came home. And it wasn't that IU turned the ball over, but they got into the offense so slow they slowed IU up enough with their pressure and IU again kind of walking the ball up too many times and different things like that I think that contributed to the pace and that's you know, one of those cases where you look at a number and you point out oh we want to keep it to to this that doesn't really mean a whole lot when they slow you down so much and you have no rhythm offensively in the over the course of the game
0: let's talk a little bit about Rob Fennessy because Rob Fennessy's game tonight was like the season was like a lot of the games there was a lot of good things that Rob did tonight and then all of a sudden you know there were some things that he did he did poorly and and Again, when your point guard is inconsistent, I think your team's going to be inconsistent too. But he was aggressive tonight. Uh, he was looking to push it. He he drove the lane, especially more so in the first half than in the second half. And I thought he did a good job guarding, although there were a couple times he, he got beat to the lane. But I thought he was really doing the things that he did well, and then he misses free throws. And then he lets his guard down late in the second half and is nonchalant and just throws the ball to the wing, and it gets picked sixth for – uh, two points, and now you're down one at halftime. And I, again, that's that just can't happen with your point guard. Your point guard's got to be one of your better players and your more knowledgeable players and your more intense players for 40 minutes if you're going to be successful. And, and and Rob's lack of development. Um, and I know he tries, and I know he wants to be there. I know he's a solid kid, um, but his inconsistency tonight was a problem in this game. And I thought that was reflective of of his season as a whole.
1: Yeah, I thought yeah. he came out trying to be aggressive. Yeah. I mean, that was the – you know, and and he made some nice passes early on. And he fed Trace. He had a nice alley-oop to Trace that was, that was incredibly high. And when he threw it, I said, there's no way Trace is catching that. And Trace, you know, full extension uh, Gumby style, grabbed that and dunked it. It was amazing. Um, but I, I just thought that, you know – it just faded. Like with some of these other guys, the intensity faded from Rob down the stretch. And and those missed those missed front-end one-on-ones, those are inexcusable from a point guard. You've got to be able to make those. You've got the ball in your hands. You've got to be able to make free throws.
4: Yeah, and Ryan, he has to hit those. You used an interesting uh, word there, which I think is apt with Rob, which is he came out trying to be aggressive. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with Rob is you notice when he's trying to be aggressive because it's not... At least, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, the guy that we saw the first 10 games of his freshman year was like pretty aggressive. The guy that we've seen since then, it does feel like he tries to be aggressive. Like he got poked in the eye tonight, and the very next possession has this great drive down the lane. And he'll do that once or twice a game where you're like, God, where is that? But it just has not been his natural mode of play, whether that's because of injury, whether that's just because that's the player he is, whether it's because he's overthinking everything, because he's afraid of being taken out, like whatever. We've all tried to psychoanalyze it long enough. You know, he now, as a player in the last game of his junior season, you know, we're noting some times when he's trying to be aggressive. You're not going to win in the Big Ten. Like the thing about Rutgers is, you know, all their guys, young, young, and Ron Harper and Geo Baker, like they're all imperfect players, right? But those guys are confident and tough and they're always aggressive. So even when they make mistakes, they're making mistakes of aggression, you know? And they got things, stones. And Let's things be go real, bad- They yeah. got stones. Well, and things go badly and they just bounce right back. It doesn't phase them. You know, that's twice now that we have started out well against them and they just bounced right back. And we need a little bit more of that, a little bit more you know, however you want to describe that stones, mental toughness, maturity, like there's a lot of different words we can throw around that kind of mean the same thing, but you know, it when you see it, the Rutgers guys have it and our backcourt guys just don't have that for whatever reason. And that's kind of the now between their program and our program. That's why they beat us three times. You know, it really kind of comes down to that. And you can look at the same thing down though. I mean, I thought trace did a better job tonight than he's done in past games against Rutgers, you know, 18 points, nine boards, that he finished pretty strong. But there's even you know some of that too, and the difference between how Johnson you know kind of attacks things down low and how he does, um, and so you know that's what this program has to get back to. And I think to me the the big disappointment for me and what I sense from a lot of IU fans is simply that that's what we were promised four years ago. We thought our team was going to be like that, and four years later we're not. And that's you know that's the that's the problem. You know if Archie Miller had come in you know, professing different things, you know, we'd hold them to a different standard and maybe feel differently about this. But when the idea was we're going to be really good defensively and, you know, here we are, we're in the 40s in total adjusted defense, 12th in raw defensive efficiency in the conference, you know, when that's what we were being told was going to be the identity and it's not even there, it just makes the whole thing feel rudderless and it makes it feel like there's really nothing that we're grasping onto and nothing that we're building toward in year five because it's like we spent four years, and this foundation doesn't feel that much stronger. And Jared, I just thought we that's can, what you could see in this game.
0: We we can drop the mic right there and end the show because I think you just summed up everything. Um, everything we thought we were getting has not materialized, and it doesn't mean the players didn't try. It didn't mean even the coaches didn't try, but it's just not there. Um, you got you got a couple coaches on the bench that I like because I thought they were tough, but this team has not carried on that. You know, and coach, they might be, but whatever's going on, it's not
1: working.
3: Whatever that's, what, that's is a working, thousand yeah.
0: percent, thousand percent agree is that yeah. the team hasn't taken on the personality of a couple of their coaches, uh, and 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 again, we don't know, you know, who who necessary to blame, but there's one guy who's in charge that is accountable. Um, and for, and you know that. what, if we and were I going to the tournament, making deep on.
1: runs, and if we were going to the tournament, making deep runs, Archie would be getting all the credit. And you know what? When oh, yeah. you don't do well, you know you're a coach. Oh yeah, they get they get the, the they get you know ripped when it doesn't work, and that's the problem.
4: We have people on Periscope demanding that Andy talk. So oh, I don't. We shouldn't. Should that
3: why? I
2: don't know. That that's <laughs> completely necessary. No, I, I, it, it's like they're trying to talk themselves into that toughness. There was a play that I mentioned. I almost mentioned this in a meaningful moment. I had written it down, um, but it turned out to not really mean anything. So I, I didn't know that it really qualified. But there was a play at the very beginning of the game. Jacob Young gets a foul just really early, just trying to get into Rob, I think even before the ball was inbounded at some point. And, you know, he's kind of getting getting at Rob. I don't know what, Rob must have turned around and said something to him because then they flashed to Al and he's like, yeah, Rob, yeah. Like they're trying to pump each other up into being something that they haven't proven that they are. Um, and they know that it's, and it and it shows on some level that they know that it's missing. And they're just trying to generate it somehow on their own. Instead of naturally having it. Instead of actually just having it. And, and you know, the, you see moments here and there, but when push came to shove, Jacob Young let them know he was going to be there all night. Every time he made a basket, every time he made a drive, every time he made a defensive play, he let them know he was going to be there all night. It never wavered. He wasn't talking himself into it. That was just who he was. And that, to me, is ultimately, you know, on a on a player-to-player level, the difference that we were just talking about.
1: Let's be real. This team needed a little Devontae Green in it. They needed somebody to be... Uh, oh, no, no, I don't... No, no, no! I'm not that saying they needed his game. I'm not they saying needed they needed Will Sheehy game. is what they needed. They needed the attitude, though, of like Derek Elston. Somebody needed to have a confidence, you know, a confidence of that level. I'm not saying they needed Devontae Green's game. I'm saying they needed that personality of like, you know what? When it's time to get a shot, I'm gonna go get a shot. You know, when it's time to drive on someone, it's time. And you know, that trash talking element or whatever that other teams have done that to Indiana,
0: and it hasn't turned out well. Indiana has wilted in the face of that this year. There's an, nobody to step up, you know. These are some all-star comments coming from this panel. I, you, you, The 500 people are listening in. These last three comments from my, from my co-host have been spot on. But that's going to sum it up in one thing. We need an ass kicker. We, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we don't have an ass kicker. We don't have an ass kicker maybe in the coach. We don't maybe have an ass kicker in on the floor. And we don't have a closer. But guys, just excellent comments on what I think has been a struggle. And you can be a good guy. You can be a good young man playing basketball. You can be a good guy as a coach, or or no basketball, and it's not working. I mean, th- yeah. that, that happens. It's just you a bit It doesn't it, work. It, it, this that happens. Does not and work. It, you know, twelve and fifteen in Indiana is, is it's just not it. But uh, and, hold and, on. And also, coach, I just want to say you can also you can be a good
4: guy and be an ass kicker because yes. I will say this. I will say this. I think Trey Galloway is an ass kicker. His skill level just isn't ready for college basketball right now. So he's not really able to impact the game in that way. I mean, right. frankly, now given the full body of work for his first season, it kind of feels like he would have been better served taking the year off, reworking his shot. You know, now he couldn't really yeah. do that. I mean, then this is a free season for everybody, so it doesn't matter. But that's what I mean. Like, he's the kind of guy who could do that, but you've also got to be able to play a little bit, you know, and put the ball in the bucket and do some things at this level. And I think he will get there. I like Trey he was just overexposed this year. But that's the thing. Like, it's not like, you know, we don't need to go back and, you know, reconstitute the Kelvin Sampson roster, you know, to get ass kickers. That's not what we mean. But, you know, you got to have some guys with an edge to them, for sure. And I think we have a lot of great guys. I'm proud rooting for them. They represent the university well. But when push comes to shove, they get shoved, you know, and that ends up being the problem. So
0: we're going to give out some game balls and wrap this show up after uh, – uh, We do, and we'll talk about a few more storylines next. uh, And we'll look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, which will be next November. We don't even know who it is, but we'll look forward to it. Stick with us here on the Assembly Call.
3: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery.
2: This is Nick Sizeloft.
4: I never miss an open three and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call.
0: Boy, oh boy, do we miss you. Uh, anyway, you're listening to The Assembly Call, IU Post Game Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for the free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. I'm your host, Coach Ton Sony, here with the entire gang, an all-star version uh, in this final post-game show. We are bringing you some joy in a tough year with some outstanding work tonight. Uh, as Indiana loses to Rutgers in the Big Ten uh, tournament. It's now time for our game balls. We'll go to you, Jared, since you're the boss. Uh, Who gets your game ball? Uh, My game ball goes to Christian
4: Lander for not angrily throwing a chair onto the court for not seeing any time uh, in this game. This is really just my entryway to talk about this real quick because I wanted to mention it in stats. That was another stat that jumped out to me is zero minutes for Christian Lander look, his offensive efficiency number is in the 60s. I get all of that. He gets torched defensively. I get all of that. But as I looked at, okay, we're playing a team that we've lost to twice. They're clearly better than us. We've got to go on a run. Something has to happen here in this tournament to change the trajectory of the season. This to me was not a game to play it safe and Archie played it safe and playing it safe, lost the game by 11. Now playing Lander, we might've lost the game by 20. Or you know what? Maybe Putting Christian Lander in the game when you didn't have a point guard on the court late in the game, we were down one, and you had Trace Jackson Davis on the bench. Maybe he can spark the offense for a couple of possessions, as we've seen. So that is another thing to me that makes this a really fitting end. Is I feel like overall Christian Lander was mismanaged this year. And look, even in the offseason, you guys remember I was very conservative on what I said to expect from him. He's a you know a guy reclassifying up. Let's be modest with our expectations but he shouldn't have played zero minutes in the last game of the year. You know, you needed to kind of throw caution to the wind, juice things up a little bit, play the guy, let you know, give him some runs, see what he's got going tonight, and he didn't get any minutes? The guy that you're supposedly going to be building around for the future? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. And again, I'm not saying playing him wins the game for Indiana. It might not have. It could have been worse. But you got pretty much what you expected you were going to get by going the safe route. What what are we doing? So that's my – I was ready to throw something at the TV, so I give him the game ball for staying over there and keeping well, a positive attitude.
1: Well, you're associated with Indiana, so you would have missed. It's uh... – <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, there's one game ball for a guy who didn't get in. We're, we're really reaching. I mean, for- I'm making a
4: mockery of the segment because the segment's ridiculous on a game like this. No one wants to yeah. get game balls on, Look, on a here, loss.
1: I'll give my game ball. I, I'll give a serious one. I'm giving it to Al Durham for four years. He's been through a horrible, horrible four years of Indiana basketball, really struggled. He should have, you know, unfortunately, he couldn't make the NCAA tournament last year. Al deserved to play in an NCAA tournament game. And he didn't get to he's a thousand point scorer he's a guy who always has a smile on his face always worked hard he made himself into a starter a consistent starter he had some really big moments in indiana jerseys in an indiana jersey and you know what it's sad that it ends this way and it's a senior year and i know this is a guy who probably wanted to make the ncaa tournament for the first time this year and this is how it ends and i feel bad for him he didn't have the best game tonight but al durham Became a much better player than he was advertised as when he came into Indiana. There's no question about that. Turned himself into a, uh, uh, I know what you're going to say, Jared. I see that look on your face. Um, He he was better than advertised. There we go. Um, But he made himself better than advertised. There you go. (laughs) He made himself into a better player, and that was with hard work. And so I'm giving Al Durham the game ball tonight in his last game as a college player. He wasn't the best player on the floor tonight. But I think that he deserves recognition for everything he went through, everything the team went through during his time and and just, you know, coming out on the other end. And Al always had a good attitude about things. And I think that Al is going to be a guy who we see around Indiana for a long time and and comes back and, and is a guy who visits and we look back at fondly because, you know, he was a good kid who who gave it his all while he was here and uh, deserves credit for that. Deserves a lot of credit for that.
0: Andy.
2: Uh, I'll go with I'll go with Trace. I, I thought he came out with good energy at the beginning. Only got scored in double figures. He had nineteen and nine. Nobody else had more than five rebounds. Had a couple blocks. Um, I have no issue and support what Ryan said about Al. If we want to go uh, that route. And uh, but yeah, I mean to me, Trace was the, the guy who really kept him in it uh, for the you know got him helped him get off to a good start. Kept him in it when they could and ultimately the leaving him on the sideline too long is when the game got away from him.
0: And uh, that leaves it up to me. Thanks. And there's really two really good um, choices there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, maybe if Jared hadn't undermined the segment. Yeah, just to totally. Take Seriously. I mean, we're trying to do it. I'm not, I'm here, not hosting Jared.
4: tonight. I can, I, I can come in here and mess around tonight.
0: Yeah. Um, Isn't I like it, fun? it from this,
4: this perspective. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: I I have to I have to go TJD. He's just been a um, a really outstanding player. Uh, I thought he brought energy tonight. I thought he he attacked Rutgers and hadn't looked good against Rutgers for a couple games. And people were questioning whether he could go against size. I I, I thought he really brought it tonight as he has brought it most uh, most nights. And uh, I I also understand that. You know, and are thankful for what Al did for four years. Uh, he was asked to do things that he probably couldn't do, and, and never, never, uh, you know, stopped competing. Uh, even though you know he had to do some things, he wasn't a big time scorer, he wasn't a point guard, but he tried to do some of those things in his four years. So, I, I, I thank him. But th- this was Trace's team, and it, it was a shame we couldn't have. Uh, gotten a few more victories and gotten him into the postseason a little bit, and I thought um, if this was his last game, which I assume it is, uh, I think he he gets the the game ball. So, um, yeah. T- to be clear, Trace was the clear game ball winner tonight. It's not.
1: He was it's the, pretty obvious. He was the best. Player. He was the best ball. Yeah.
0: So, but before I go to the Coach Robert Trio Hustle Award, Jared, do you want to? Is there any other storylines that you would like to like to talk about uh, before you give your, your choice for that? No,
4: I'll, um, no, I, I have one. I have a serious one. So you can do the spiel and then we'll, and then we'll get to it.
0: All right. So the Mike Roberts Real Hustle Awards presented by Evansville Security <laughs> Services. Let's talk about Evansville Security Services. It's the hometown of Calvert Chaney. Uh, what more really do you and to know? Lander? and christian lander uh ess provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout indiana in addition evansville security services offers an accident reconstructionist who can go all over the state go to evansville security to learn more that's evansville security or call 812-214-1132 remember prevention cannot be measured let evansville security services help you prevent a bad outcome today um this might be the last Mike Roberts Hustle Award uh, that that we ever ever give. Uh, so we can uh, we can we can keep it we can keep it going. He did we play can, here and was yeah. You know, so he's a, he's we, a Hoosier. We can keep that going. Yeah. So um, we have theme
4: music for it. I'm, so, I'm going to start
0: know. on a different order here, just in case something has popped into Jared's head uh, since he said he was going to be serious. We'll start with Andy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't really know that I have a good one for this. That was uh, I. I'll defer. I'll defer to Jared, and then you can you can swing it back to me because I right. I struggle with this one. I, I have. Pass it around the I'll, horn. Let, I'll let you this go hot first. Potato. Jared. Yeah,
4: yeah. This is like uh, this is like Indiana's offense sometimes. Like guys, get it. They have an open shot and they pass that it. That was up a and, sweet
1: dribble handoff there, Andy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> kind <laughs> of walk into it, see what you yeah. Get
4: set absolutely. because
0: Quick. you go. don't want an offensive foul.
4: Yeah, go roll for the lob, and let's see if I can hit you for the lob, Andy. Um, <laughs> No, my uh my, my Robert's Hustle award goes to Jordan Geronimo. Um I thought defensively, Jordan Geronimo has really shown me that he's he's gonna be a problem in this league defensively because he plays hard. Um I think he's really improved over the season in terms of just awareness defensively, um, you know, just strength, not getting knocked off his spots. Uh he's gotten better. Now, he's not ready offensively, you know, and you saw him miss a couple of good looks, and he still looks a little bit lost on that end, but you know he's another guy that when he gets out there, you're getting an honest effort from him every single time. I mean, he plays hard. He plays low on defense. Um, and so I, you know I continue to be excited about his potential. I don't know if by next year he'll be ready, and I don't know that he has star potential or anything like that, but I think he's got the ability to be a really good role player on a really good team. You know, and to me, that's how I kind of look at this now is okay, we're not a good team right now. So, we've got some players that we project to come back, new guys coming in, all of this. Like, who's going to be part of the next really good IU team? He's a guy that you can see in the first set, you know, as a junior and a senior in the top seven of a rotation of a good Indiana team because he can defend. You have to think that he'll start to find a niche somewhere offensively. uh, And he really seems to want to and seems to try and seems to have a good attitude. So, I'm giving it to Jordan Geronimo and and he's a guy that I've been I've found myself more impressed by this season uh than I thought I would when the season
1: started. Ryan? Yeah, I was going to give it to Geronimo as well. I thought that just the effort, the constant constant effort. I mean, I give it to TJD, but you guys already gave him the the, the game ball so um, I, I think Geronimo I, I think you could say Geronimo or Armand Franklin for playing 30 minutes when he even wasn't even supposed to play but yeah. we've we've given it to Armand a few times this year for that same reason and so I'm going to go ahead and give it to Jordan Geronimo because I thought that his energy was where it needs to be and I thought he should have played more than 10 minutes quite frankly
2: Andy yeah I'm, I'm good with that Armand was the guy that I thought of just given how many minutes they got out of him that they wouldn't have been expecting to and I think for him probably tough to get inserted back in that situation because I think he was still trying to step up and make some of the shots that he was making when he was fully healthy earlier in the year and it just didn't happen uh there was a couple you know kind of early shot clock situations where he was out there trying to make a play in the way that you know he had earlier in the season and I just you know Ryan mentioned this a little bit before just didn't quite have the same look on his jump shot and um and things like that but I thought you know good for him to you know in in a game that was important for this team be able to show up and, and gut it out for 30 minutes but i've got no issue with geronimo as we talked about earlier i thought he uh i thought he gave some good minutes and is the kind of energy guy that you really want off the bench and i thought he really grew into being able to do that more uh, as the season went along like jared said i think he came a long way from the beginning of the season to the end uh even having to to grow in some of those situations where you're playing against some of these big 10 teams and it you know lends a little bit of uh credence to the the notion that yeah it 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 wasn't good to not be able to have some of these other non-conference games, but playing guys against tough competition allowed them to grow. And it wasn't, you know, to go back to Jared's Lander argument of uh, what, you know, what are you worried about at some point of what's not going to go well? Lander got, or Geronimo got forced into some minutes in in those Iowa, in the first Iowa game and played well in those situations and really responded to that challenge as opposed to trying to shelter some of these guys from sticking them in those situations to, uh, um, you know, kind of keep them safe if you will. And I thought, geronimo having to play some minutes because of the lack of front court depth um served him well as the season went along
4: can i give a quick honorable mention to a friend of the show mark titus uh for his hustle and continuing his bit of trolling iu fans after every loss every with loss brad, with brad stevens stuff on twitter he, <laughs> earlier today he he retweeted a brad stevens tweet that said see you soon in indy and of course it was from march 27th 2010 <laughs> he retweeted it with eyeballs he uh that's that's good solid trolling mark and there was the one about March Madness
1: is the reason I got into coaching. We <laughs> retune that last night.
0: So what do we have? Uh, we have one for Armand and two for Geronimo, correct? So um I'm gonna throw this to to the chat mob. I'm gonna go with Armand. He didn't have to play, especially with an Achilles. Um I think that again shows um why I think he's you know second best player on this team and it shows a level of toughness that we need and how much we missed him in these last six games. And so, uh, go ahead, uh, chat mob and, and send us in who you think gets the hustle award. There is no wrong answer here. I think both of those young men, um, played really hard today. So, um, now this is normally where we would preview the upcoming opponent, but, um, I'm going to talk here for just a second. I think the upcoming opponent is ourselves. Um, As far as Indiana fans, uh, let's stick together. This is going to be a real tough uh, couple weeks, depending on which direction the program chooses to go. Uh, Remember that uh, Indiana University is a special place, uh, even if we're upset with who is leading the basketball program. Uh, And if uh, Scott Dolson goes one way or the other way, I encourage you to not take it out on anyone who has a differing opinion. It is is, um, really good to be an Indiana sports fan. It is really frustrating right now. It's sad. It's disappointing. Uh, I can keep going on and on and on with the basketball program, but it is Indiana, Um, and we will be back. It's just hopefully sooner, Um, and I know some of you want Dolson to go one way and maybe some of you the other, but let's not fight amongst ourselves. Make sure you keep it classy. These are people involved. and uh being in the coaching profession, I know it hurts when when you know that you' lost a program or things are struggling it, it it's a tough time and stay away from the kids on twitter um please do that for me uh don't at them your frustrations because uh that just uh, drives a a wedge too, in the program and trust me, they hear the noise um, they hear the noise and they know it uh and it's tough on them and and they want they want to win. So um, you're entitled to every single thought, uh, and a lot of them are correct that I'm seeing over here uh, in the chat. But let's not be our worst uh, opponent and, um, and and struggle um, together. Uh, let's stick together as fans as much as we possibly can. So you're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. Okay, guys, it's time for uh, last call. Um, Jared, we'll start with you. Well, I just want to say you know we've
4: given Ryan a whole lot of crap about his shot doctor thing, and you know kind of laugh that off, but I just gave him moderator access for YouTube, and I mean things shaped up real quick in there. people are terrified, people are minding their ps and Qs real quick. maybe Ryan should be the shot doctor, maybe he'd intimidate the players into making shots. I don't know I'm starting you to you know maybe this if you give bit.
1: me if you give me what I want, good things happen that's <laughs> feed me, feed the big man. <laughs> Um, oh boy, I get to go first.
4: Um, look, I, uh, I echo coach a lot of what you, what you said right there. You know, I think we, we enjoy doing the show, um, because we can commiserate together after losses. We can celebrate together after wins. And obviously now it's been a lot of losses, you know, six losses in a row. Um, you know, and you think back to how we felt four years ago and how excited we were about the change of direction and how optimistic we were about the choice of coach and things just haven't gone the way that any of us thought that they would. And so here we sit, you know, now wondering if he'll be back or if there will be a new change of direction. And I think, you know, the, the mindset that we're going to have about it, you know, we, we had a call last night actually, where we all got together and, you know, just kind of tried to talk through these, you know, this stuff, how we want to handle this, how, you know how we want to approach this off season you know and I, and I think we're going to approach it with an open mind which means you know if a change is made then obviously we're going to be here to analyze that and give our opinions on that and all that stuff and i think we've made our our individual opinions our personal opinions known on that you know but there's also the chance that archie comes back um and if archie comes back you know we're going to rally around that and he's going to be the coach and that's going to be our program for for the year and you know I I struggle to see how we're going to paint an optimistic <laughs> narrative for next season with that, but, you know, we'll, we'll do our best. So, uh, you know, so I think the point being, you know, whatever happens, we're all going to be here together on chats, watching games, texting each other, you know, and so I think that's a really good message to end on coach, which is stick together. You know, none of us are going to make the decision one way or the other. Certainly we can express our opinions, but we've got to be here to deal with the decision um, together, you know, And, and, and I think, you know, the, you know, coaches are going to come and go, but I think when a player gives us four years of his blood, sweat, and tears, you know, that guy is a Hoosier for life too, you know? And so a guy like Al Durham, you know, seeing some of the slander that was there in the chat, that guy graduated. He's a he's a Hoosier. Like, he didn't win a Big Ten. He, he didn't win as many games as a lot of guys did. But that guy graduated, gave us four good years and a lot to be proud of. Like, that guy is a, is a Hoosier um, and someone that, you know, that we should embrace and celebrate for the things that he did well. There's no reason to harp on the stuff he didn't do well anymore. He graduated. His career is over. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it can be so easy when we're frustrated to lash out either at each other or at players. But at the end of the day – it's it's just it kind of makes you feel empty afterwards let's try and find the stuff that there is to be positive about you know let's celebrate the good that there still is in this program uh, and let's get through all this together and know that we have this community here win or lose coaching change or no coaching change whatever happens you know this is what makes indiana sports special um you know and if you're desperate to root for a winner football season's right around the corner so
1: <laughs> baseball it won't be it won't be long <laughs> soccer with a big win today over soccer? Wisconsin nothing.
0: <laughs> or Women's team.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we don't true. talk about their result tonight, though.
0: Ryan, your thoughts? Yeah. Last call.
1: Yeah, you know, I've talked about this a lot, and I've ranted about it. I've talked about it in my closing rant, which is essentially what this has become for me. It's not final thoughts. It's let's rant again. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little more calm in this one. And I just think that uh, Indiana tried something. Indiana hired a guy who was maybe the next one up as far as the best major coaches in the country. And when you do that, it's a risk. But it was a risk that was lauded across the country. I mean, everyone said that was a great hire. And it was a perfect fit. And the style of basketball would be great. And Miller was a brilliant guy. And he had this pedigree and all that. And it didn't work. And you know what? That happens sometimes in in basketball. It happens in every sport. Sometimes it's just not a good fit. And sometimes guys are a perfect fit for where they are. And, And I remember very specifically... Charlie Strong was a great football coach at Louisville, went to Texas, it didn't work. And he hasn't. his career hasn't recovered. He should have stayed at Louisville. It was the perfect fit for him. It was the perfect job for him. And he did really well there. And I think that that gets lost when we talk about college coaching. You think that, oh, we'll import this guy and everything will be great. Well, no, not if he doesn't fit the area, if he can't recruit the type of kids he's going to have in his own backyard. If he can't do this, he can't do that. I'm not saying that's the issue with Archie Miller. What I'm saying is that something along the line. And we've talked about this for the better part of a year now. Doesn't work here. It doesn't work. It was a smart decision. It was it was a lauded decision when when some of the big name guys weren't going to leave their jobs, Archie Miller was the guy you go get. He was quite frankly, I think we all agreed, he was probably the obvious choice in that situation. It didn't work. And that's fine because that happens. But you can't compound that mistake by continuing to say We're just going to keep giving it time because we've given it four years and there hasn't been improvement. And I just think that you have to realize as athletic department, will it hurt to to let Archie Miller go financially? Absolutely it will. But as we've said, you know what will hurt more? Another year of people not showing up to games because you had people not showing up to games this year because of coronavirus. Next year, they're not going to be excited or jumping in fee first with this team. It's going to be a lot of trepidation. It's going to be a lot of people saying, No, you know what? I'm going to stay home and watch it on TV. And I, because that way I can turn it off after halftime. I don't have to leave the arena and drive home. I can just flip to something else. And I think that if you want to reignite Indiana basketball, you want to get the passion going again, you've got to try something else. And so, I, again, you can say, Archie Miller, not a bad guy, ran a clean program, you know, had some good ideas, but it just didn't work. And that's fine. And Archie Miller can go somewhere else, and I will wish him well when he goes somewhere else and hope that he succeeds. But it's not working in Indiana, and we've got four years of proof that it's not going to get better. And so I think that the athletic department really has to take a hard look at this and maybe make the hard choice financially to make the right choice for basketball. And this university needs to decide that basketball is very important to the brand of Indiana University, and it has taken a backseat for quite some time. It needs to be front and center again. Because let's face it, when people think of Indiana University, they don't think of all those shiny science science buildings. They don't think of the wonderful new media school. They don't think of all of those things. They think basketball. And so I think that it certainly needs to be an important part of what makes Indiana what it is. And to do that, you got to invest in it. So that's where I'm at right now. I think that it's going to be a hard decision for the university, not just the athletic department, but it needs to happen because the alternative is is not is simply not okay and it's not going to be
2: good for the future of the university or the athletic department.
0: Andy, last call.
2: I, I mean, if we think about it, you know, we all know the decision that, that looms ahead. And as Jared mentioned, we kind of talked about, you know, depending upon what happens in the next you know week or so, kind of what you know, what what ways we can talk about it. But if you look at this game, I mean, this game was the season in a, in a nutshell. Uh, even when things were going well at the beginning and they got on a run, I find myself really struggling to get a, too excited about it because you just were waiting for the other shoe to drop. We talked about this, you know, at the Iowa games. Those games should have been like super jubilant post-game shows. And we're like, well, let's just wait and see what happens in the next game. And um, you know, I think even within games, you find yourself doing the same thing, which I think speaks a lot to the larger picture of of what kind of confidence people have in the program from game to game, minute to minute uh it, things like that and i it, it just was a a fitting way for this season to end was in a game like this where again kind of like i said before all the hallmarks of iu losses this year were front and center uh in this game and um in that regard i guess it's a uh, a fitting and potentially merciful conclusion to what uh what this season was and you know then now all eyes turn to scott Dolson as to what the decision is and uh, as Jared said, we'll kind of talk about that as we go, but uh, there's been a lot of a lot of discussion about that over the last few weeks, and now that can, I, I guess, that can also take center stage because that's really the only thing uh, left to to figure out as we think about what's next.
0: And um, for me, I would just like to thank um, all all of you, the panelists, um, Andy, Jared, Ryan. Tough season um, with, with with the losses piling up, and and four years in a row of of trying to to do this with some some struggles and, and I thought tonight's show I thought was really really solid. I, I thought um uh I thank you for that. I thank you for um you know all that you guys do and I thank every one of you who are still commenting um uh watching us live. This is why we do the show. And, and again, I go back to this is Indiana. Not too many p- people will would have this kind of show uh, if it wasn't for Indiana basketball. We long to have that back in a winning way so these shows can double in size, triple in size, and the comments can be all, you know, You know, do you have your hotel room for Sacramento for the first round? Uh, we have to dream about it. Uh, it will get back. But I thank all, all of our listeners and followers. It just means a lot uh, for all of you um, to be here uh, loss after loss after loss, Thursday after Thursday when, when times um, get rough. So a big game ball and hustle award uh, out to you guys. So uh, that'll do it uh, to, for tonight's show here on the Assembly Call postgame show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. YouTube.com backslash assemblycall.com. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produces a lot of the music you usually hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll be back again to talk IU hoops again next week on Thursday. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out
1: of here, folks. Thank you.
4: I miss the days when our biggest problem was our Big Ten champion number one seed fading a little bit down the stretch. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: hey guys, by the way,
1: we just finished our tenth season of this show. Man, I hadn't
0: thought about that season.
4: in a while.
1: And I okay, I have a question for everyone. Four NCA tournaments. I have a question for yeah. Maybe we're the problem, <laughs> but I have a question for everybody. Do you think the tenth season was the hardest? Yeah. Oh my God. I think, un- I mean, for I me personally, it, tr- it certainly was. I think undoubtedly this was the hardest. There were some cream years where it was like, uh, you know, because it was, they didn't play any defense. But yeah, I, I thought this was the hardest year to do this. I really did. And this wasn't schedule wise. I know like we all had stuff going on, but it, it wasn't that bad. There weren't really many weeks where it was like three games and three games and a, there, there were some years we had like, we would do uh like Wednesday, Saturday, and then there'd be or it would be like Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, or something like that, plus a Thursday night show. And like we had that a couple times some years. This year the schedule was kind of kind. But we but there were there a all, lot of third there were a lot of third. There was that the one thir- stretch where there were like the Thursday four games. Thursday games.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that was a that proved to be a blessing,
1: as this week did as well. It did. It that really helped out a lot. That was great. Yes. But man. This is a rough one, but I'm glad to have gone through it with you guys and all our guest hosts, of course, who were excellent yeah, and helped man, us people, out a lot.
4: Yeah, I do want to say that, man. People really stepped up. You know, obviously, I wasn't around as much, you know, this season with just all the stuff that we had going on here, and so that kind yeah. of made it. That made it harder for me personally because I just felt less connected because I wasn't on as much. But I mean you know, Galen and Scott and Chris, and then, you know, Jeff and Kathy jumped on late in the season and were fantastic. I mean, I've gotten so many comments about how good of a job, you know, they did. Um,
2: so even, just, even Chad would think, who was, yeah, okay, same,
4: and Chad too. And, you know, and Ari stepping up and, you know, taking over for the, I mean, Ari, I got, I got to tell you guys about Ari, like he's awesome, man. I mean, he stayed up like late one night at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning because I'm trying to like go over how to do the post-production stuff so he could do it when I when we were in the hospital when my son was born, you know, and he handled all that stuff. And yeah, he, big up, story. I mean, he you know, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, if you're going to have a good team, you got to have guys who know their roles and guys who do hard work without needing to, you know, without needing a, a spotlight shined on them. And that's Ari. So I know he can get a little, uh, a little hot under the collar in the chat sometimes when, when the team doesn't play well. But we like that passion from Ari. But, uh, but you know what? He's earned the, the ability to have some, some hot opinions in the chat because the guy busts his ass for us. And you don't often see it. But he does a lot of hard work for us.
1: Yeah. So. And, and quite frankly, I, we get a, you know, a viewer count during the shows. And there are some awful shows where we came on and we just did not want to talk about what had just happened, you know, because it's it's repetitive and we don't want to be, be sitting here just repeating ourselves every week. And I know I am guilty of that to an incredible degree. When I listen back, and I'm just like, oh, God, stop saying the same thing over and over, Ryan. Just stop. No, stop. No, don't do it again. You did it again. And then... We say that, I, we too. Look at, I know. <laughs> I know you do. It's in my ear constantly, coach. Actually, a lot of times it's right did. in the chat. You just need yeah. to look. Yeah. So, but I... <laughs> But it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you're so discouraged and you look down at that viewer count and you're like, oh, there's a couple hundred people sitting there waiting for us to, you know, break down the game. And it's like, all right, we got to do it. You know, I mean, we can't skip out on you guys. And so the fact that you, that everybody in the audience shows up for us, uh, we got to show up for them. And, you know, there were times where there was one game this year we had to delay a, a, a post game show. But I mean, we we do it for you guys. That's the only reason. <laughs> you know I mean it's fun to hang out we, I do have to say other than a personal call when was the last time the four of us were on a show together I know it's gotta know. be so long
4: yeah January's in, fe- in February and early March gets hard coach is coaching yeah, Andy's coaching you know me this year it just got crazy cause we were moving I got in, nothing going having on a, having a kid it's- yeah <laughs> <laughs> so but no it's you know I I agree with you it's for the fans and for the community, and I just, even when we lose, it's still, it's not fun to talk about the team, but it is fun to get on here with you guys or to get on here with whoever the hosts are and talk and just kind of go through the exchange of ideas live on a show. Like, there's an energy to that
1: that is fun, um, yeah. but it's a lot more well, fun Well, the team also, good. I always feel better after a loss having done the show. Because I get all my anger out and then I can just go on with my life. Whereas yeah. otherwise, it might simmer. You know, I do feel like there's a therapeutic nature to this. And, um, you know,
4: it's maybe that's I, why I was more negative this year is because I wasn't on the show enough to get it out. I think you, I think it has
1: something I think to do that might have been there. Been it. There were a couple of Saturdays where I didn't do it and I was stewing until Tuesday. Whereas usually I'm just like, all right, we talk it out and it was a basketball game. And I walk, you know, I walk
0: away and,
1: um, so I, I agree. You know, I think there's some, helps.
0: there's some truth to that. Cause, uh, Amy will say that since I've been a part of the show, I've really calmed down my watching. Like I used to cuss, like a sailor, throw stuff at the TV, stomp <laughs> up and down. I can't imagine coach doing oh, that. That's so Oh great. my gosh. And she would come slam the door to the basement cause she didn't want to hear me use all the colorful mm-hmm. words that I was using. And then I'm on the show and I'm taking notes and I'm just paying attention and I'm more reasoned. Can't
1: and, swear. Well, and know. then
0: I'm thinking, how do I want to make sure that to the audience that I'm, you know, being fair and, you know, you know, got parents of players that might watch, you know. I think one of the first shows I was on, I really ripped Demezy and got some got some email hate for for that. And I started thinking, okay, you know what, this is just a game, you know. And i you and and then I got back into coaching yep. too, so – at the same, right after that, I got back into coaching and realized everyone's hating my ass too. So, um, you know, it's you know, it's just part of the deal. But I've gotten more I, calm. I- I just
4: love Ryan how, you know, we're here like saying goodbye and this is it. Our watch has ended and coach and Andy are getting ready to pull twenty four, you know, twenty four hour all nighters getting their brackets ready. So they're yeah, just guys, you up. guys
2: coach and I are both wanting to put the <laughs> wrap it up music on. We got stuff
0: to do. Right, right. I have all the time in the world, man. And I gotta upload the file and then go do all that, yeah. No. I took well, two well, days off, uh, Andy. I took two personal I, was days. Say,
2: I took tomorrow I t- took tomorrow off, so
1: I will. I will say right. guys, uh, yeah, there's nobody I'd rather do this with to the fans. there's nobody I'd rather do this for. And uh, you know, even when it's rough, it's it's you know wonderful that we get to do this, and we have so many people that support us, and that includes my co-hosts and everything. and um, you know i've I've made I've gained three brothers through doing this. I love these guys and uh, would never have it any other way. and it's been ten years, and hopefully the next ten are a lot more successful. For uh for the team on the court because we do love doing the this show after a win and uh you know couldn't couldn't uh, do it with a better group of people or for a better group of people so uh you know well we'll we'll just hope that things get better
4: and just remember if you don't like the show it's all Megan's fault because I'm putting her her quote up here because she came Megan's here I'm I'm glad I was here for this part tonight I love y'all uh, Megan back. Ten years ago it was like one of our first listeners, the one of the ones who believed in us when no one else was listening.
3: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase Player 5. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly, must be 18 years or older to purchase player Five.